his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan. Intercom's Webster and Nancy caught up with U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions as he was making his way to an event in Scranton. Uh, U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions will be in Scranton uh, today. He joins us by phone this morning. Mr. Attorney General, thank you for joining us. Well, it's good to be with you. Good to be in the area. Pretty day. Yeah. Although we were very sorry to hear about the storm, tornado. Yeah, it was something. I hope things are going well. Yeah, they're going better. Uh, And uh, we were lucky that it happened at the time it did, so uh, there weren't as many people at that shopping center. Putting things back together, but uh, just a few minor injuries, so that was lucky. Right. So welcome to to the area. Thank Uh, you. You're in the news, and you're in the news a lot. You're the U.S. Attorney General, but uh, we know that uh, Inspector General report the probe into Hillary Clinton's email issue, the whole run-up to the election. Um, We've got uh, the president's lawyer coming out last night, Rudy Giuliani, saying that you and Rosenstein have just one day to make it right, and he wants this Mueller uh, probe suspended. Uh, Any thoughts on that? Is that something you're thinking about doing after this report is out? Well, we're evaluating everything that's in the report. Uh, It's a very long report. It uh, deals in a lot of different issues. They deserve uh, to be examined, uh, and we would intend to take appropriate action. But um, um, sometimes that means it, it, sometimes they they can uncover uh, wrongdoing, and uh, if so, people will be disciplined appropriately. All right. So, uh, you know, obviously the uh, issue of, of illegal immigrants and what's happening at the border and separating parents uh, from their children uh, has been in the forefront here. And, and uh, there are people who say, you know, we're fa- including yourself, obviously, this is the law and this is what we have to do. And others are saying that it's barbaric. Uh, you know, in a quote yesterday, I guess you were in Indiana and you were asked about this. You said the United States uh, uh, goes to extraordinary lengths to protect uh, the children while the parents grow through a short detention period. Uh, I'm wondering, what is a short detention period? I mean, how long does that last? And then what happens? Are they reunited with the kids? And then what happens after that? Well, first of all, when you bring your children uh, to try to enter the country unlawfully across a very dangerous territory, often uh, placing them at serious risk, uh, we need to urge the parents not to do this. They should never bring their children toward the United States to try to get them in the country unlawfully without uh, justification. But yes, if the if so, what we've decided uh, and hadn't always been done, but it certainly has been done, that every adult is subject to being prosecuted for entry into the United States, and if they bring children, they're still subject to being prosecuted. They usually plead guilty within days and are subject to being deported then unless they make other claims to try to stay into the country that that gives them a court hearing. So uh, we hold the children, can only be held by the Homeland Security people for 72 hours. The children then are placed with Health and Human Services 
our health agency. And they're treated well. They're given education. They're giving uh, medical treatment. They're well-fed and yeah, but cared you, for. But honestly, you know that for a child, that is an extremely traumatic thing to do to rip them from their parents. Wouldn't you say that that uh, goes beyond probably what we should be doing? Well, we would perf- be perfectly happy uh, if uh, they could be held together, uh, but the law really does not allow that. We're not prosecuting the children. Uh, we're only prosecuting the adults, and uh, it is uh, unfortunate that they're separated. I certainly have no um, problem with that, but it's hard to do, number one, and the law, as we face it today, does not allow it. Is so no- we urge, uh, we take care of the children uh, in the highest standards, um, the Secretary of Health and Human Services has assured me that they do so in spending, he said, as much as $1,500 a day in some instances to, to care for them in a high degree now, of You mentioned of when they come here. But I would just say this to you. Remember now that every time an American is convicted of a crime and is incarcerated, uh, they leave their children. Oh, I think uh, nobody good. takes care of their children for them while they're incarcerated. So we we don't think this is an extreme thing. Oh, but boy. what we've got to do, let me just urge people not to bring children unlawfully into the United States. And if they bring them through the port of entry instead of in, entering it some other place in the, uh, illegally in the desert, uh, then uh, they are able to stay together. Is so it, are, they, is a, are they here illegally if they're coming here uh, for asylum? Uh, yes, they're here illegally if they come for asylum and don't enter the port of entry. If they enter the port of entry, uh, they're not prosecuted. And uh, the families can be held together. Now you had so mentioned- that's one of the things that we need to get straight here. We're protecting and, and trying to create a system in which they don't bring these children through dangerous areas. Uh, okay, our bishop along with some other religious leaders, has come against, out against the separation. They say that if they're fleeing violence and chaos in their homelands and face policies destroying their families and unduly burdening their children. Uh, so, you know, you, are, you did quote the Bible, but you are getting pushback from some religious leaders. Well, look, uh, all I said was that the United States of America has a good legal system, the most generous uh, immigration system in the world. We admit 1.1 million people to legal permanent residence in the United States every year, and that those laws are on the books and they need to be enforced, else we have lawlessness at the border. I cited the scripture that just kind of uh, make the point that uh, St. Paul says you should follow the laws of your country. Uh, that's a that's not a um, a bad thing, and if I think the laws are generous, but if they want to be change those laws, I'm quite open to that. Right. So, so you're we're open. doing our duty, and we're trying. By by the way, we had fifteen thousand of, of family members uh, enter the country like this uh, four years ago. It's jumped to seventy five thousand now. There was a perception that you could come as a family unit. If you were arrested, you would be released as a family unit and asked to come back to a trial sometime in the future, and many people never returned. They're in the country, been accepted. Often we took them to the place they wanted to go. Uh, This has encouraged this huge surge in illegality at the border. So to my church leaders, I would say, let's try to help these families not make this mistake. 
Mr. Attorney, uh, let's don't blame the government for enforcing the law. When, when, when someone is crossing the border and is not at a port of uh, entry, uh, and uh, isn't it simple enough to just spin them around and send them back? I mean, is that illegal or is this a humanitarian <laughs> thing? Like, why can't they just be rejected as they attempt it? That is a good question, but it's not possible. Uh, they're in the, in the country. They make claims here, and uh, uh, we have various legal difficulties that, it, it just, uh, uh, in many ways, it's it's better certainly for the children that uh, that we take them in custody. But they, we, we've got to have a better laws there. We we need Congress to help us. So on you're that. supportive of? Uh, I know Paul Ryan mentioned uh, legislation where they could close this, and they could do that rather quickly, couldn't they? Close. Um, uh, change the change the situation where we're not separating uh, the children from their families. They can do that. They just We can and we need to do it. We need to do some other things, too. Let me say to you that we are at a point in history where Congress, I think, is close to being able to uh, fix this problem in a very significant way and serve the interests of the American people, create a lawful system of immigration that the people of Pennsylvania and others throughout this country have been asking for for decades. And Congress promises it, and they don't deliver it. Yeah, it seems if we like we do have a this problem. right, we can create a system that we can be proud of, uh, that will end the lawlessness, and allow us to uh, be rational in our policies. So, what will you be doing at Lackawanna College today here in Scranton? What, what's your uh, plan for the day? Well, I will talk some about immigration, but I want to uh, uh, say to uh, these graduates, these law enforcement officers, how much we value them. My first day in office, President Trump sent me uh, an executive order that said, back the men and women in blue. And we feel like they've been disrespected more than they should. Uh, They certainly tell me that. And we are affirming them and supporting them. Uh, If they do wrong, they're subject to federal prosecution. But day after day, our law officers are, are serving the American people, protecting them from the criminal element and uh, particularly drugs, uh, opioids that are surging. Um, Pennsylvania has an opioid problem, as as does the rest of the country. These young officers that are finishing their training, uh, it'll be an honor for me to speak to them and encourage them uh, and to declare to them that our federal officers, our FBI, DEA, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, our marshal service, U.S. attorneys, we back them, we work with them in partnership, and our goal is to reduce crime in America, make our community safer. United States Attorney General Jeff Sessions joining us this morning. Mr. Attorney General, thank you for being here. Appreciate the time. Thank you. you. All right, bye-bye. Great to to chat with you. Thanks. All take care. Stay with us. More Special Edition is yet to come. Welcome back to Special Edition. Lackawanna College in Scranton made an announcement recently of a new program that's very innovative. Intercom's Frank Andrews caught up with those involved. In the studio with us, three people, Lackawanna College, and I always I always have to make sure that you understand in the interest of being transparent, I'm part of the adjunct faculty there, so I love this school. And I don't mind polishing their halo anytime <laughs> I can. All right, they have a program called eSports. 
and I want you to hear about this. So in the in the studio is Teddy Delaney. Teddy, tell us who you are, what you do there. Yes, I am the eSports program administrator and head coach. Okay. And Joya Whittington, you are? Yes, I am the athletic director at the college as well as the head women's basketball coach. Okay. You have a good season coming up? We, we do have a good season coming up. We have six returners, so. Okay, I have a couple of uh, grandchildren who I think are going to be star basketball players. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, good enough. Perfect. All right, who wants to start by telling me what eSports is? Sure, I'll start. Teddy, go ahead. Um, so eSports is essentially competitive multiplayer online video gaming. And um, it's a huge industry on the professional stage right now, and we're very excited to bring it to a collegiate level. Um, we are one of under 70 uh, universities, institutions, in the nation that have uh, built a varsity program around this sport. Now, what, what, when you say this, this is this is like basketball, like football. This is now a part of the athletic program. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make an extension of the athletic department, essentially. Now, where did where did this come from? I mean, esports just popped up, or what? what I mean, what, what's going on? Back in January, Frank, I um, I got an article sent to me about a college, actually Harrisburg University offering scholarships to students playing esports and I, I just couldn't believe it. I said, what, what is esports? And I, I know Teddy and so I immediately uh, sent him the article and said, what do you know about this? He said, what do I know about this? I'm such a gamer as well and you know, this is, this is the biggest industry going. It's exploding all over the place. He was starting to tell me about all of the new uh, facilities. The Luxor, for example, just built a 30,000 square foot arena in Vegas. Arlington, Texas is building a 100,000 square foot arena to house competitive gaming. It is an enormous enormously successful industry about to hit a billion dollars could be bigger than the NFL. Uh, okay, I, I just just for the people who are out there, I'm not sure I understand how, I mean, you're talking about arenas. I mean, is this sitting in front of a computer and playing a game? What 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 is it? How does it work? Yeah, that, that's basically it. Um, I mean, what we're doing at Lackawanna is we're uh, renovating a facility ourselves, and we're going to put tw 25 high-end gaming PCs. It's going to be like a state-of-the-art facility. Um, right now, I'm recruiting very, very heavily to bring in new students, currently enrolled students, to uh, get together and see what kind of gaming experience they have. But th that's the, the gist of it is we get together, we log in, and we uh, play. <laughs> I mean, th th this sounds fabulous. Joy, wh wh now what's your role in this whole program? Yeah, so um, Jill presented the idea to us. And, you know, as a, as a head woman's basketball coach, you, you just kind of step back and you're like, all right, you know, and then you really dive in. You're like, what does this mean? What is this in industry going to do for our department? And it really just puts us, I mean, it falls in line with every other sport that we have there, you know, the same standards, the same code of conduct that we have for our student athletes. And it, it puts us in a path of progression. It puts us ahead. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to have an elite status and we want to be the best. So the more things we can add that are progressive and high end and cutting edge is, is great for our department and our school. All right. We're talking about this eSports program at Lackawanna College. And we're going to get back to that. And we're going to get all the specifics and tell you more about how the, the young people are getting involved and how you can get involved. We're talking about an eSports program at Lackawanna College. Fascinating. I, I cannot believe, you know, I'm, I'm reading this. We're, we're, we're overwhelmed with text from people who want to know more about it. So I'll, I'll give you just a kind of a heads up here. Reach for a pen and paper or whatever you need to because we're going to give you information on how to contact the school. But I, but I want to explore this more. This is this is 
one of, one of the texts here says, well, so much for people criticizing video games. This actually taps into the people who love video. But it's not violent. It's sports, right? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's all different types of video games. But um, one major thing that we want to point out is that because we are creating an extension of the athletics program is that we're, we're putting an academic stamp on it. And we are holding all of our student athletes uh, academically accountable across the board, the same like we would for the basketball team, the football team. We want them to be fully enrolled, 12 credits per semester. We want them to maintain a 2.0 GPA, um, take part in, in study halls and tutoring sessions and, and everything. Having taught the football players, I know that, that you guys have a very strict policy, which I think has worked tremendously. Absolutely. You know, that people are, are held to a, a high standard, which really works. Jill, did you say scholarships? Scholarships. <laughs> Just like someone coming to Lackawanna to play football or to play women's basketball, there are scholarships for esports for video games. So parents, if you're listening, scholarships are available. So you're you're recruiting someone for your women's basketball team. You're going to go out and you're going to watch some high school kids play, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, are you going <laughs> to you're going to watch people playing esports and recruit them? I mean, that's that's the beauty <laughs> of of video games and and being online is you can record everything. And for these games that we're playing, there's there's different ranks, there's different levels that you can be at. And, and like I said, you can record all of that and you can show s- statistics just like you can for any other sport. Um, so once we once we get our facility up and running, we want to bring kids in, get them playing together, get them uh, talking to each other, and we'll see what their skill levels are. Now, this may be a dumb question, but what sports? I mean, is it all sports? So, I mean, esports is a general term for the industry. Um, we're literally playing video games, and there's all different types of official esports video games, but the three that we're going to be uh, making teams for are Overwatch, League of Legends, and Rocket League. And now, uh, <laughs> Rocket League is essentially soccer for cars. Okay, and I'm not even joking. Uh, So and and then uh, Overwatch is a six V six multiplayer game where uh, you get to select a character that each character has a different set of skills and abilities. And the same thing for League of Legends, except it's five V five. And I mean, that's where the the critical thinking and the teamwork and the strategy come into play. And that's why it's 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 that's why we're calling it a sport, essentially, is because all those things tie into athletics just the same. Are there coaches? Yes, Teddy is our head coach, <laughs> and we have an assistant coach, Robert Escra. Okay, and I mean, how do you coach video games? <laughs> I, I can explain how it was explained to me, which would probably help you. Um, it, it's just, it, it is so similar to coaching another sport where maybe I'm on the basketball floor and I'm analyzing a movement pattern or I'm analyzing footwork or body work. They're, they're essentially doing the same thing. There's there's keys and there's tricks with having your, your hand placed on the mouse the right way and just things like that. And just the strategy, the teamwork behind it is the, is essentially the same that, you know, we would have to do on the football field or, or on the basketball floor. Now, Joe, you, you, you mentioned when we were in the break, mm-hmm. you, you threw out Notre Dame, uh, Harrisburg. Right. I mean, what other schools are into this? I mean, it's not just Lackawanna College. It's, it's, it's nationwide. It's it's na- starting to become nationwide. There are uh, just under 70 of us across the country, and there aren't many locally. In fact, we're the only local school in northeastern Pennsylvania to offer esports. But we would be playing schools like Notre Dame, like USC, the bigger schools that we would never get a chance to play, perhaps in football or women's basketball or some other sports. We get exposure to their students. There are dozens of community colleges across the country who are also participating in this. So there's not a community college versus four-year college um, 
segregation, so to speak. It's all one now. And in fact, I think just a couple of weeks ago, Teddy, um, one of the community colleges in Oklahoma beat Notre Dame by, I don't know what the score was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, it, it, that's, that's what's crazy is we get to expose our name with with these with these other big name schools because like she said there's no there's no divisions there's no uh, separation uh, much like in the NCAA you have different divisions in which you play in uh, this has yet to be um, what's the word I'm looking for um, regulated yeah or- regulated exactly um, so we have the chance to play uh, LCC up the road and we have a chance to play Notre Dame and it, the options are limitless right now okay this is almost a dumb question based on the text responses I'm getting and I'll just throw this out and anybody who wants to answer it can but what's been the response <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> it's overwhelming here it's absolutely overwhelming I think the initial interest has outpaced any other sport that yeah. we that we had to start and you know we're, we're talking about hundreds of people making contact hundreds of people kids uh, um, students potential students people that are at other schools that want to transfer yeah high schools to Lackawanna high, schools, high, high schools, schools principals teachers it has been absolutely overwhelming in a, in a really good and positive way okay so if you know, I keep using, talking to you, Joy, like you're 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 you know a basketball coach, mm-hmm. so you can't take everybody that wants to play basketball. Correct. So is this the same thing? Do you have to recruit the best esports players, or can anybody get involved? That, that's very correct. Anyone can get involved. Now, uh, another beautiful thing about it not being regulated yet is we can field multiple teams for multiple games. So we can have a, a, a novice team, an intermediate team, an advanced team. Um, so, I mean, as of right now, uh, like I said, I'm recruiting very heavily and we're trying to get everyone in the door. And once we get a facility and I can place them together, like I said, we can put our best foot forward we can have a jv team we can we have a lot of options okay i, I think that one of the biggest responses i'm getting here and, and i'm sure you'll understand this immediately is that people are saying that they aren't necessarily athletic but they love uh sports and that this just gives them an, a, a chance to be involved in sports programs without necessarily having to be the jock Absolutely. I think that's what's great about it. I think, you know, we're providing a platform and an avenue for student athletes to come and, and be a part of something. And that's, you know, that that's why we have teams, you know. So I love I love the social aspect of this. And I love bringing more and more students in and student athletes in to fall under our umbrella. Uh, we have a bunch of questions asking for more information on what you mentioned Um League of Legends, Overwatch, Rocket League. Could you explain? I know you mentioned it, but tell us more about what that is. Sure. Uh, So Rocket League is... essentially, like I said, soccer for cars. Um, We can have uh, teams of three or teams of two. And what it is, is you have a rocket-powered car, and there is a soccer ball. Obviously, the physics are a little played with there, but it's generally a five-minute match, and you score as many goals as you can. Um, For Rocket League, or uh, uh, for Overwatch, I'm sorry, um, you have teams of six. Um, You get to select from uh, a number of of different characters. Each character has their own specific abilities and strengths. Um, some may be uh, offensive players, some may be defensive players, some may be healers, and some may be attackers. Um, and uh, the key to that game is putting together the correct team. And, and that, that's basically the same thing as uh, League of Legends is um, 
It's 5v5. You get to select from over 100 characters in that game. And, and the, the skills and abilities in that game are very extensive. So that, that comes down to uh, finding the right players to play the right people and, and pair them together with the right people in order to uh, get the victory. Um, uh, we have more information on um, our website, I believe. And yeah, I was going to say, you know, before we run out of time, how do, how do people get involved in this? People are saying this is great because it's gender neutral, right? I mean, gender neutral, I assume, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And that's another cool thing is I've had just as many girls apply as I've had guys. And and just quickly before you give us the information, you don't have to be a computer nerd to do this? No, not at all. <laughs> and that's another cool thing is I've had kids contact me and say, hey, I've never done this before, but I'm interested. You all know, right. And we're, we're e- open. Esports program. How do people get involved? Well, I mean, you could go to our leg, our website, lackawanna.edu slash esports, um, or you can uh, contact me for more information. My email address is delaneye at lackawanna.edu. That's D-E-L-A-N-E-Y-E at lackawanna.edu. Um, or you can contact my cell phone, 570-574-0437. And this interview and everything will be on our website, so you can also take a look at wylknewsradio.com. We'll give you all the information. You guys are great. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Frank. You. Thanks, Thanks for having, having us on. Stay with us. More special edition is yet to come. What did an historic bare-knuckle event in Cheyenne, Wyoming, have to do with Plymouth, Pennsylvania? The Squared Circle Boxing Ring was created by Gary Grant, Jr. He tells Intercom's Nikki Stone some of the history of the event and where you can see this one-of-a-kind ring just for a short time. It's at Grant's Martial Arts in Plymouth, Monday through Thursday, June 18th through the 21st, 5 to 8 p.m., and Saturday, June 23rd from 2 to 4 p.m. Admission is free. I have Gary Grant on the phone. <laughs> Gary, you have something brand new made in Plymouth, PA. Tell us about this. Well, um, I, I was involved um, very closely with the uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships that just happened out in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, and it was the first bare knuckle fight in uh, over 100 years, 129 years, I believe first legal sanctioned and regulated fight. I was going to ask, and, isn't that illegal? <laughs> it, you, well, you know, if, if it happened in Pennsylvania right now, yes, it would be illegal. So how um, are you doing, what are you doing in Plymouth that it is in Pennsylvania right now? Well, what, what I'm doing in Plymouth, um, the actual promoters, uh, Dave Feldman and Dave Feldman Jr., they're from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I do a lot of cage rental and boxing ring rental for fights, and I met them at a promotion, and we actually contracted with them to build the actual ring that the bare knuckle fighting championship was taking place in, so um, we're not actually doing the bare knuckle fights here in Pennsylvania, but uh, there's a strong uh, local connection here. And what what they wanted was a a circular boxing ring that was in a perfect circle, a 22 foot circle. So we we built that here in Plymouth, PA, and it's really the first of its kind. And uh, we, uh, we shipped it out to uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming for June 2nd for the fight. We uh, flew out behind it and put it together and assembled it. And it was a, a wonderful night of fights, probably the greatest night of fights I've ever been involved with. And then we brought it back, and it, it's, it's in Plymouth, and my gym in Plymouth right now set up. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be opening it up to the public very soon and, uh, and showing them what we got. This is a really neat piece. And when I'm frustrated, I could come and fight somebody? 
Well, I uh, mean, you, you know, we have outlets for that if you want to come down and punch the bags and stuff. I mean, I've been listening all morning. You have like a martial arts themed show, so mm-hmm. you should have plenty of outlets uh, for your. Uh, for, for, le- frustration, for letting out the frustrations. <laughs> now, you, you, you're saying this is at your gym? Yes, yes. This is at uh, my gym is Grant's Martial Arts in Plymouth. Okay. And um, we, we actually built this. Uh, we were calling it the squared circle because it's a square platform with a, with a circular enclosure up, up top. And we built it in the basement of Grant's Martial Arts, and it's on display there now. Now, is that specific, though? That ring is specific for bare knuckle boxing, which makes it different than regular boxing yes i mean the, the ring itself is patent pending uh, the way it was built um the uh the squared circle is is trademarked so you're not going to see any other sport any other type of boxing mma kickboxing taking place in something like this if you see the squared circle on tv you're watching the bare knuckle fighting championships and where can have we what we've watched these already played in february correct um, the, the, these already played June 2nd. Um, oh, June 2nd. It was on pay-per-view. Um, oh, the, uh, that's when I accidentally bought and never watched because it was $66. <laughs> is, is, is that right? I don't, I don't think it was $66. I, I, I think it was a little better deal than that. But, oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, it, accidentally it was, hit, I just got my new remote, and we accidentally hit buy, and it was some kind of fight for $66. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, my, my understanding, the first one was, was like $30 to buy uh, on uh, on pay-per-view, okay. so that, that, that might not have been the one. So but uh, they're more affordable than watching, let's say, other fights on pay-per-view then. <laughs> well, well, they are now. You know how that works. I mean, they, they get your interest, and you, you don't know what the next one will be. But um, this was I, I go to a lot of fights through the through my cage rental business and boxing ring rental business. And usually once the fights start, I'm, I'm playing with my phone and, you know, looking for other things to do because I've seen so many fights. But you know, this is bare knuckle. I mean, there's no gloves protecting the fighters or anything like that. And, um, this is a pretty exciting event. Uh, I was very proud to be a part of it. You, um, but martial arts and boxing seem to be two totally different sports, and you're involved with both of. I mean, I know they're both fighting to an extent. How do they? Um, how, how did you relate both of them to building? A ring? How could you? <laughs> that, that, that's funny, you know. When, when, when I was a kid, uh, for whatever reason, I, I wanted to be one of two things when I grew up. I either wanted to be a boxer or a ninja. And, <laughs> you know, the compromise with my parents was to, to put me in karate classes. And and, and that's kind of how I, I got my start in the karate world. And uh, you could be everything I have in my want to be, honey. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. My, my mom wasn't so enthusiastic. About it, but uh, did you grow uh, up in Plymouth, or are you from outside the area? I, I grew up in Hunlock Creek. Okay, so I, I'm not too far from home. Uh, so I, you're I, kind I, of like a hometown Northeast PA boy who got involved with uh, this bare knuckle boxing, which is a nation, a national thing. Um, that's amazing as well. And you have a studio right there in Plymouth, PA. Do you have fun yeah, facts uh, about these squared circles, hun? Yes, good. You want to share some of your fun facts about the square circles? Oh, oh I, I thought you said you want to ask me. Yes, well, yeah. Uh, well, the squared circle first. I mean, when, when you when you look at it, it is a huge twenty-eight foot platform, and then it is a twenty-two foot circle on the top. And uh, originally, boxing took place in you know what they call a you know a ring, and a ring was just either a ring of people or a ring of dirt they drew on the ground. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and then when when they started. 
<laughs> when they started enclosing it in, um, you know, with ropes or wood or whatever they did in those days, you know, they couldn't get it to bend in a circle. So uh, even though they call a boxing ring or even a wrestling ring a squared circle, I mean, I believe these are the first fights actually taking place in, in a ring that was built in a circle. So mm-hmm. um, that's uh, pretty interesting. I mean, my, my goal with this ring is that someday it ends up in the boxing or the Baird Alcohol Hall of Fame because it really is the first true ring first for, um, for a fight sport. And hopefully it will. there will be a Hall of Fame. It might be the only thing in the bare knuckle boxing hall of fame because you can't have gloves there. It's bare knuckle. What else are you gonna put? Yeah. What else is gonna be at this hall of fame? <laughs> that, that is true, but there there is a bare knuckle hall of fame in Belfast, New York. I mean, and and there's there's championship belts, there's you know fight posters, there's the stories, there's pictures of fighters. So so when can we come to Plymouth and view your boxing ring, your bare knuckle boxing ring? Yeah, well, people can come anytime over the next two weeks. Um, we're actually going to try and set up a date here. They can get more information on the, the Grants Martial Arts Facebook page and when we're going to have it on display and stuff. When but it's it, ready it, for display, you are always welcome to check in here at 570-883-0098 as well, Gary, and tell us. Great, you great. Call I that appreciate day and say, that. It is open now. Right. Come down and work out your frustrations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's enough time. How, how many times? <laughs> but you're not, you're not actually going to let people get in there. And f- although we could take it off the streets of Plymouth and put it right there. There's an idea. Pull them off the streets, put them in the boxing ring. Yeah. Well, see, you're, you're making it a little more barbaric than it actually is, <laughs> I think. Uh, but, no, when I, I told the promoter I'm going to be setting this thing up in my gym, and I'm just going to you know, let people come and see it. And his mm-hmm. first words were, you, you, you're not going to let people train in it, are you? <laughs> so I said, no, we're not going to let people train in it. We're just going to show them. It. And it, it's pretty cool because, you know, like I said, getting ropes to bend in a perfect circle was no easy task. And, I can't even um, imagine. Yeah, and making it, it, it safe as well for the fighters was, uh, was, was pretty cool. And, you know, and you're talking about fun facts, like in a boxing ring, you know, you could hide in a corner and there's nowhere to get stuck in here. You it, it was designed to make the fighters actually have to fight. So, uh, well, that makes sense too because you can get you get that guy in the corner and he, they just start pounding on him, and they have to do that one too. You know, <laughs> break it up when you're in a. You just have to keep going. At, it makes it more fair, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I would think so. You know, I mean, if you, if you don't get stuck in a corner, I mean, that, that that's probably a huge advantage, and, and it keeps the action going. So. You might not have watched those last pay-per-view fights, but you'd watch some fights by sound effects. <laughs> I might have to watch one of these. I may have to come down and check it out, too. So make sure you give us a call. Let us know. Look forward to talking to you again in the near future, Gary. Thank you. Hey, I do appreciate it. Thank you. And once again, a reminder, you can see the Squared Circle Boxing Ring at Grant's Martial Arts Monday through Thursday, June 18th through the 21st, 5 to 8 p.m. And on Saturday, June 23rd from 2 to 4 p.m., admission is free. Earlier this week, an unprecedented event in one part of Luzerne County. A tornado touching down in Wilkes-Barre Township, creating damage to the Wilkes-Barre Area Hub Arena. Right now, we're going to give you some of the sounds and some of the voices that brought you the story of what happened and what continues to happen there as rebuilding gets underway. We're down here at Ashley Furniture. We've accessed all this strip. We have a large gas line that has ruptured. 
presenting open to the public on the deep side of this structure. There's a hole in the building about 20 by 20 with the walls done. Uh, there was there was certainly a, a funnel cloud. Uh, I did not see if anything touched down. I, I didn't quite want to see if anything touched down. I, I, was, I was safely indoors at that point. There were some wires down. There were, you know, um, shopping carts. There were trailers blown all over the parking lot. There was people in Panera that worked there. They got out okay. Nobody in our shopping center was after hours. Thank God. That's Tommy from Tovan and Company. He's the owner of one of the businesses that was heavily damaged in the tornado, and he was worried about his customers. They're, uh, they're getting in engineers up there to find out the uh, you know the stru- structural integrity of the building. Everybody just bear with it. They'll be uh, how to get a hold of us on Facebook today sometime. Mm-hmm. So we will be getting in touch with people how to get a hold of us. Can't get to the safes right now. Anybody had merchandise there? It's in the safes. Not to panic. We just can't get to it as of yet because structurally it's not sound. Responders had plenty of things to worry about. Besides, once the people were out okay, then they had to make sure that the buildings were structurally sound. Among one of the items of concern, Ron Evans from Luzerne County Emergency Management, as well as being the chief of police of Wilkes-Barre Township, talks about the propane tank on the property of the U-Haul on Monday Street. The propane tank holds 1,000 gallons of liquid propane. And uh, right now, it's, it's still venting. Now, we can tell by the frost line around the tank, you know, about how, how much is left. So we're estimating it's a little bit below 500 gallons are still there. Almost every expert in, in northern Luzerne County and outward take a look to see if there's a way to stop it, to transfer it, and there is none. So it, it's going to do its natural thing. It's, it's going to vent. Before the distinction was made that it was an EF2 tornado that touched down in Wilkes-Barre Township, the chief was also able to give an idea of just how strong those winds were. They turned out to be 130 miles an hour. The store sign from Dick's, all right, part of it was found in Bear Creek. That's been confirmed. When you think of businesses being damaged, you think of things with inanimate objects inside. But that's not the case in all of the businesses that were in the Arena Hub Plaza, as Frank Andrews found out. Adam Morehart uh, from Petco, the manager, is on the phone with us right now. Adam, can you tell us what, what is going on with your store and tell us what you did with the pets there? Uh, actually, we were very lucky. Uh, we were a lot luckier than PetSmart, Frank, uh, it's another 200 feet to the to the south, and my store would have been involved. We we had our front door kind of blown in, but other than that, the building was not damaged, and our animals were were perfectly fine. Um, we went finally got in there this this morning to do you know animal care and check on everybody, and we had the SPCA come up and remove their cats so that they're safe for the next couple of days. But you know the power came back on, luckily for our store. Uh, so we aren't in as, as bad a shape as, as many of the other buildings just 500 feet away. Yeah, but Adam, you, you work there every day. I mean, you could have been right there in harm's way. I mean, when you saw it, what was your first impression? Uh, it, it, it looks apocalyptic, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's just it's very surreal when you drive up there and, and you just, you know, the parking lot is just covered with, with you know with debris and uh you know it, it actually we watched the video um and of when the door blew in and it was literally not 10 minutes after the crew had left for the evening so it, it could have been very bad 
Um, you know, and uh, I know people that work at PetSmart that were actually in the building when it hit. Um, and luckily they weren't injured as well. Um, but yeah, it, just to go up there, it's, it's absolutely apocalyptic. It's the best word I can use to describe it. Um, you know, the devastation is, is unreal for something that took just literally a minute or two. You know, it just, it's, it's unreal. So now are, are you open today? Are you allowed to be open? What's going on there? Uh, no, the, the nearest that we can tell, uh, you know, with all of the EMS still in play and the, and the live wires and stuff that are down at the front of the plaza, um, you know, they're not allowing the plaza to be open today for sure, and, and more than likely not tomorrow as well. Um, that, that whole situation is in flux, of course, but, um, you know, we're hearing anywhere from, a, you know, a day to four days sometimes, you know, depending on who you talk to. There's a lot of debris to pick up. There's a lot of electricity to fix. You know, the, the gas leak stuff is still in play there. You know, I think there's still a lot of stuff to be left to be uncovered, I'm imagining, as they assess and continue to inspect. Um, you know, I know that uh, there was uh, the Pima was there today, you know, and they were doing inspections building by building to make sure they're occupable. Um, you know, it, it was just it was amazing to see all of the destruction and just something I have never seen for myself. And it's very uh very surreal to say the least. Uh, I'll bet. Now, Adam, you're the you're the general manager there of Petco. I'm glad you're safe. We've talked to you before. I'm glad that uh, no one was seriously injured. I'm glad your pets are okay, and I thank you for calling. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. My pleasure. And now the cleanup is underway. Among those who are on the scene, Bill Goldsworthy, executive director of the American Red Cross. Bill Goldsworthy from the American Red Cross is on the phone with us. Bill, it has been a very busy few days for you. What's going on, my friend? Oh, man, it's busy. It's real busy. Um, we're feeding a lot of people here, and uh, that's what we're doing here to help out. We're, we're taking control of all the food donations and water donations and we're feeding all the first responders. Now, where are those donations coming from? It's it been unbelievable. The local community has come out in full force. You know, I, I remember 1972, the Valley with the Heart. We yep. still have a heart. We still have a heart, man. It's, uh, the community's coming out, the, mostly business people. We had some residents drop stuff off. Uh, it, it's to the point where, actually, I, we've started refusing people calling saying, hey, I want to make something. And I said, no, we don't need anything. We have we have a whole trailer load of food uh, in, on ice ready to go for, for the first responders. So we're really overloaded right now with, with food. But it's been a tremendous outpouring. Now, Bill, when did you get the call? When did you know what was going on? And, and, and how did you guys first respond? I, I was here at 11 p.m. last night, right after it got started. Uh, when I heard the tornado warnings, I... Honestly, I got dressed because I knew our building was right in sort of the path of it. And I, I knew I was going to have to at least go check on that. And as I was getting ready, I, I got a phone call from our uh, public relations communications person, uh, Dave Skutnik. And he said, Bill, he says, the Alpida Mall got hit. I said, all right, I'm on my way up there. So I came up here and I met our uh, emergency management personnel. And we went to the staging area and they determined where they were going to set up the... Uh, the headquarters, if you will, and that's where we set up shop and uh, open up our canteening event. Now, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. It's 82 degrees. It's sunny. These first responders are out there working in the blazing sun. I imagine most of it is cleanup now, right? Yeah, right. Right now, I mean, right now we're supporting a lot of the, uh, you know, PPNL probably has about 50 people here, I think. I don't know. They seem like they're everywhere. UGI has a ton of people here. Uh, there are a lot of first responders still here, a lot of uh, police officers. 
uh, for crowd control and also for security. Um, so that, that's what it is now. It's, it, it's mainly supporting that type of personnel right now. Anything that we can do to help the American Red Cross who is helping everybody else? Well, as always, you know, the Red Cross uh, runs uh, on, on people. We run on volunteers and we run on donations. Uh, if anyone would like to contribute, they can contribute at uh, redcross.org or by calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. Or just send us a donation to your local Red Cross office, either in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, or Hazelton, or, or Tunkhannock. I don't know what we do without you guys. Bill, thank you for your service to the community. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And, uh, again, thanks everyone out there for supporting what we do and for supporting our first responders. Because uh, it could have been very tragic last night. We were very lucky it happened at the time it happened. And, uh, you know, everything seems to work for a purpose. And uh, thank you again. Thank you, Bill. The destruction from the EF2 turned out to be so great that the state paid a visit as well, including Governor Tom Wolf and Pima Director Rick Flynn. And on the line with us right now is Rick Flynn, Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency Director. Mr. Flynn, thank you so much for your work and thank you for calling us. What's the situation there, sir? Uh, thank you. The governor and I uh, uh, this, morning, this afternoon went ahead and, and did a tour of the area. And um, the pictures, uh, as, as you know, don't tell the true story. The, the devastation that occurred to the, to the businesses and such is uh, uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, right now, we know that we're 23 businesses, and this is preliminary, but 23 businesses affected, uh, 11 destroyed, uh, 9 had major damage, and 3 had minimum damage. Uh, we're working with the county um, uh, emergency management coordinator. Uh, and uh, um, Lucy Morgan, and she's, uh, uh, we're, we're, I've got a team up there. We're continuing doing the da disaster assessment. Um, but I can tell you it was a real whole community response. Uh, uh, the first responders did a tremendous job. We, when we got the word, we went ahead and activated our Commonwealth Response um, Emergency Operations Center and went ahead and um, alerted the Pennsylvania Task Force One, uh, which is a federal urban search and rescue team out of Philly, uh, just in case they were needed, as well as our state and some management team. Thank you goodness they weren't needed timing was everything uh only six injuries minor uh out of the whole uh, event and it was basically because of the timing of this uh um, this uh, tornado, uh, which we're, as you, as you have I'm sure, reporting uh, F2 uh, from the National Weather Service, uh, about 130 miles an hour, um, affected, um, uh, it came in and hit at a, a, at a great time, meaning that very few people were actually in the stores. Many of the stores were closed. Mr. Flynn, uh, uh, Pennsylvania Emergency Management. Now, if people, are, if people need help or information kind of putting their lives back together after this devastation that you just kind of spelled out, is it your office that will be coordinating? that? Uh, we will be supporting uh, the uh, uh, Luzerne County um, uh, Emergency Management. So if they have any issues and concerns, and like I said, the good news is very few residents, uh, but it's businesses, and um, and obviously they're employed. Uh, the employees are associated with that. But we will be working with the county uh, to provide any state support that they need. Uh, but uh, in answer to your question, sir, the, the, the best bet is for them to reach out to, uh, again, uh, the county emergency management office um, in, in Luzerne County. Now, knowing that you know all the all the paperwork that goes on here, would, would it be likely that we would expect any kind of federal aid? And I know that would be the governor who would ask for it, but is this the kind of situation where Washington might get involved to help? Well, um, there, it, there's 
if anything, it would probably be the opportunity for an economic loan uh, for businesses who may be out uh, for a long period of time and they lose a, a portion of um, their income. Um, and uh, we certainly will work with that. Um, as far as the actual, uh, you know, other type of disaster uh, uh, declarations or, or uh, help from FEMA, probably not just to manage people's expectations. Pennsylvania has to meet a threshold uh, of $18 million, and those are uh, of damages, and those are uninsured costs. And, you know, the majority of the businesses, obviously, were box stores or, or major uh, national companies, and uh, typically they're, they, they, they've got insurance to cover those things. But we're, we're going to continue the assessment and uh, work with the county, and if, in fact, there's any opportunity for us to uh, seek out uh, federal assistance, we certainly will. Well, but Mr. Flynn, I just want you to know, if there's any information that you need to get out, WILK is here, and we're glad to, to work with you. Thank you for your help, sir. You're welcome, sir, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your uh, listeners. My pleasure. That's the Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency Director. That is Rick Flynn. But as other times that there have been disasters throughout northeastern Pennsylvania, once again, the rebuilding has already begun. In future special edition programs, we will revisit the Arena Hub Plaza in Wilkesboro Township in order to give you updates on the progress of rebuilding. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everything. 